The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. everybody welcome to girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys christy scales aisha morrison jess navarre is here with you at the star in frisco ladies there's a lot to talk about let's jump right to it because well if you haven't seen it yet trayvon diggs according to multiple reports at this point out for the season with an acl injury um what we can speak on because we were right there is seeing trayvon coming out with crutches um I, i'm not sure if everybody saw it but trayvon was in crutches uh was transported to get an mri and then the news broke of it being a season-ending acl injury obviously a very somber mood here at the stars that news uh broke really right before we came on here so christy i'm gonna go to you for this as far as kind of what we know so far and what what we can report on it sure point. well the cowboys haven't officially confirmed it yet that yeah. it's a, a torn acl but uh, most folks on social media have have seen uh the reports and uh boy just when it's two and oh and everyone's talking about how many points you're going to whip the cardinals by then reality slaps you in the face and it shows you um the fragile nature of the nfl and how you can have injuries in practice and so uh we had just been talking all week and even last week about the defensive backfield and getting Donovan Wilson back and Jordan Wilson uh, and Jordan Lewis 10 plays last week and then all of a sudden now you're going to be without one of your starting cornerbacks so uh, I think that uh, the immediate aftermath is how do you get through this weekend so Deron Bland you know he's been playing inside as your nickel corner but uh, he has a, a experience playing outside and of course he did that last year when he had to step in for uh, Anthony Brown last year so the most logical thing would be well you probably take Duran and move him from uh, the slot and have him play outside in place of of Trayvon Diggs and then Jordan Lewis slide in because he's he had been your starter at nickel but the thing is Last week was his first game since a very severe foot injury last year, and he was limited to 10 snaps. So I don't know that you can count on Jordan Lewis that you would want to throw him out there for 30 or 45 snaps in a game, depending on how many uh, the Cardinals get. Uh, but then the trade for Noah Igbenogany uh, comes through. He um was traded for Kelvin Joseph. The thing is, when you had Kelvin Joseph this year in camp, he was working inside. Uh, Noah works outside, so kind of interesting to see how they're going to uh, move the chess pieces around. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, first I just want to say that for Trayvon Diggs, um, I'm just I'm incredibly disappointed for him uh, just because he's going into what is his third, fourth year now, and the development of corner is – you know, it's significant in a sense of like he he said it yesterday. The game is slowing down for him, so it's less wasted movement, and he just seems so much much more precise. And um, I just I feel for him because I really felt like he was going to have one of the best years, if not the best year of his career. And so um, gutted for him. Really hoping that he has a healthy a healthy recovery. But 
in regard to, you know, what choices they have and just kind of how things work. It's it's interesting. You, know, you were talking, just the Nashawn Wright injury seems like a big deal, too, just because if he wasn't on IR, he showed you during training camp when Trayvon Diggs was out with that toe injury, he could hang. He looks good yeah. that for those, those practices mm-hmm. in training camp. So, um yeah, I mean, DQ's going to have to move some guys around. You mentioned Deron Bland being a guy that can play on the outside also, too. But the issue right now going, the, the fact that this is happening so late in the week, mm-hmm. you think about how do you adjust to that and what does that look like? I mean, so, yeah, I'm... Yeah, and then <laughs> you, we did uh, Eric Scott, the rookie cornerback, yeah. who the Cowboys are really high on, and, and had a pretty solid camp. He's on the fifty-three man roster, but he was one of the coaches game day inactives the first two weeks. So we would assume right. that he would be active and be uh, a backup right. for this weekend. And and I'm so glad you mentioned right. But the fact is, just on the list that he's on, it has to wait at least two more games yeah. before he could even come back. But um, I used you're right about the fantastic year that Trayvon's had, even though it's been two games. <laughs> this is such a ridiculous, crazy, absurd stat. But the passer rating for the opposing quarterbacks through two weeks when they target Trayvon, 1.0. Not yeah. 100, 1.0. That is that is crazy. And, and he's believe- been targeted. Let's see. I've got the number here. He's been targeted eight times and has given up only 26 yards. So 3.3 yards per target when you're throwing uh, towards Trayvon. That's really that is nice crazy level. good for Trayvon. But then you say Bland, and again, it's a little bit different because he's been playing in the slot. But um, eight targets towards Deron Bland. Only 16 yards, so 2.0 yards per attempt. But it's a different animal when you're on the outside as and opposed to the inside. It is a really somber feeling here at this Sure. Time. And uh, it makes it so eerie that we just heard from Trayvon yesterday. Mm-hmm. He just spoke to the media yesterday. That stat was actually brought up to him. They said, mm-hmm. do you know what this number is? He said, no. And then... Um, it's his birthday, they, right? It was just his birthday yesterday, yesterday as well. And so uh, they, they talked about, well, do you know what this number is? He said, no. And then he heard and he said, dang. <laughs> like that was it um so yeah of course wishing Trayvon all the best going forward it's it is a devastating blow to him and everything he's worked for everything he's been doing in these games because we've talked about you know maybe he's not getting the most interceptions but he's setting up these guys for these plays and he's being a ball hawk without actually getting the ball he's making those hard tackles he's playing yeah. physical he was on on that track to possibly have the best season that we've seen from Trayvon uh with his tenure here with the Dallas Cowboys so it is very disheartening um to see that for a player like him but I will say you have Stephon Gilmore that came in in this offseason that has made a direct impact an automatic impact uh so quickly that I would be 10 times more worried if he wasn't in the equation right now Mm -hmm. I, I think that's uh kind of a saving grace that there's not very many positives that you go into when it comes to player injuries, but you have a Stephon Gilmore who's become that locker room leader, um, you know, and he's really worked hard to be that guy for the cornerback room. So all the best to Trey. Absolutely just devastated for him and, and um, knowing that he's going to attack whatever he needs to uh, to come back like he attacks this game. And so that's really um, – it, it's it's – it's 
gutting. Like yeah. Aisha said, there's not really another word. Mm-hmm. But um, something I wanted to add on to is you mentioned Nation, right? We were talking about him. And so, Christy, yes, he is on IR right now for the team. That means he can't uh, be eligible to return until the Patriots game. And even then, what I think is going to be interesting to watch for is Mike McCarthy goes with these ramp-up periods, whether it be uh, post-injury or anything like that. The ramp-up is slow. So just very much so, like you saw with Jordan Lewis, he only took 10 snaps in the previous game on Sunday against the Jets. You're not going to see a full force Nation Wright coming in right away, taking all of the snaps. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's kind of integrated back in, uh, maybe with limited reps at first and then coming back in at, at full force kind of towards the middle of the season uh when you know he's able to do so after that yeah. ramp-up phase yeah and and I just want, want to mention one other thing about how you uh compensate for the loss of Trayvon in the near term and we're talking about like nickel and and so if Deron moved from nickel to outside and Jordan Lewis is only he was uh, they wanted him to get 10 to 15 snaps last week and he only got 10 but the good thing is with the the versatile defensive backs that uh, Dan Quinn has to work with and the cross training that they all do there are things that you can do you can go for example with a big nickel so one of the bigger body safeties have them come down and and uh, play and have the matchups with the tight ends and uh, sometimes they're even matched up with wide receivers who are in the slot so you would see more of a big nickel or uh, the bigger guys in the dime. You're not going to see, they call a package called Penny, where you bring in the extra smaller cornerbacks. But this would be more like a big nickel or a heavier dime uh, moving forward. Just and, and that's a good matchup anyway. And uh, when you're playing a, a team like the Cardinals and one of the go-to guys is Zach Ertz, you know, kind of some of the bigger guys anyway. So. so maybe like in the short term, just be since you bring up that point in the short term with Jordan Lewis still being in a ramp-up phase if Zach Ertz is the bigger body guy that they use in the slot or whatever the case may be maybe we would see an Israel Mukwamu take on that exactly because he plays better against big slot guys and And Marquise Bell he's been playing linebacker but he's a safety you know maybe some Thomas absolutely absolutely with all due respect though I I, watching Israel Mukwamu's game watching how he plays Israel Mukwamu is a corner and he's a good corner, mm-hmm. and he has that fire that mm-hmm. Trayvon plays with. He plays physical, but also, too, he can match the length that Trayvon brings because that's one of the biggest things that Trayvon brings to this defense is that he can take away a whole part of a field because he has the length. Um, very curious to see how they decide to go for it with Israel Mukwamu um, just because they – I think his skill set shows corner stuff, and he I, I feel like he's far more effective on the boundary than he is even as a, a slot guy because of his size. So um, I would be curious to see if they give that open competition, if he's thrown in the hat as a guy oh, that could, because yeah, I, I think he can match mm-hmm. the energy and also playing safety and having that versatility. His vision is good. I would love to see him get the opportunity to show that he is yeah. a corner. Yeah. And that's I think what you're right. And, and I think it's going to be matchup week to week, right? Yeah. It's going to depend yeah. on the, the packages that they're expecting to see from the opponent. But we, we should share some good news, and that is that Donovan Wilson yeah. looks, looks to be on track. Of course, yeah. this will be his season debut as he makes his way back from yeah. a calf injury, but he was listed as a full participant again today yeah. as he was yesterday. We so that's tracking well. Down that, mm-hmm. uh, practice report, actually, uh, reading my mind. So let's 
go down the practice report and then we have to take a break here in one minute. So something something to think about. Brandon Cooks, uh, Tyler Smith, Jim Edoga, all full participants in practice, which is an upgrade from the limited that they were on Wednesday. Donovan Wilson, like you mentioned, was a full participant. Jaron Curse and Zach Martin did not participate. And then Tyler Biotish added to this uh, injury report today as a limited participant with a hamstring injury as yeah. well. So more things to keep an eye on uh, as we continue on through the week. Oh, yeah. I mean, I will say that I did get to touch base with Tyler Biotish. Um in the locker room, I know a lot of people missed him, but he seemed like he was in good spirits. He seemed fine. I asked him how his body was feeling. He was like, I'm good, you know. So um, I know that uh, it just was it was sent out, though, that a source said that he should be okay so that mirrors me seeing him. Like, and he, he seemed fine, so I would assume that the hamstring thing is a precautionary thing for the MRI. That's what it sounds like. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just been a tough day in the office for everybody, man. Definitely. Well, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to hear uh, from a guest on the podcast. We're going to kind of switch gears back into uh, Cardinals versus Cowboys mode, and then we'll come back to to this topic as we get into more matchups but stay tuned this is girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger that's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper because it's personality that matters the most not looks join jigsaw dating today Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are talking all things Cowboys and Cardinals, but first, experience the feeling of game day every day at the Miller Lighthouse at the Star. Now open just steps away from the Tostitos Championship Plaza, the Miller Lighthouse features a cooler of full grab-and-go beverages and snacks, tailgate games, a recharging lounge, and a Dallas Cowboys photo op as well. For more information, you can visit thestarinfrisco.com slash Lighthouse. All right. Well, we promised you guys a special guest yesterday, and she's double dipping here with uh, DallasCowboys.com <laughs> a little bit. We brought in none other than Danny Sarek. Danny, uh, now a Cardinals reporter for the team. However, a little bit of a history here with the Dallas Cowboys as well. We uh, are so happy to have you on today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a couple years. 
back from Dallas. It's been been out here in Arizona for almost two years today, which is crazy how much it's gone by. But I appreciate you guys having me on. Yes, well, killing it as always. Uh, Danny, we want to start by asking you, uh, let's start with the injury report first. We just got that injury report. Is there any uh, notable injuries on the Cardinal side of things going into this matchup that we should know about? At this point, not really. Um, the only one would have been defensive lineman Lucky Fosu, who missed Sunday's game against the Giants with a shoulder injury. He's been a full participant the last two days of practice, so we expect to have him back in the line, which is huge because the other major injuries that were on that report, uh, defensive lineman, uh, Carlos Watkins, who's dealing with a bicep injury, will have surgery and be out for some time. And the other defensive lineman, LJ Collier, dealing with the same injury. He's already on IR. Um, linebacker Josh Woodson with an ankle. Don't expect him to play. He hasn't played since week one. So no real uh, changes, I would imagine. All things, you know, hopefully going the right way for the rest of the week for the Cardinals. So from an injury standpoint, no real surprise from that report. Of course, you are also without Buda Baker, who recently went on IR with a hamstring injury. So a couple of big uh, defenders that will be not on the field for the Cardinals this week. Danny, I have to ask what the what it's been like, the talk around the locker room. I imagine the word finish has probably come up a bit uh, this week because that loss to the Giants, blowing a 21-point lead and just collapsing, you know, midway through the third quarter through through the rest of it, uh, you know, what's the mood out there and, and what has, what is happening with this team in the second half of the games the first two weeks? Absolutely. Finish has been... The big question this week, and not just this game, but the Cardinals also had a lead week one in Washington. Arizona's been outscored 27 nothing in the fourth quarter. So execution, for whatever reason, has not carried on throughout an entire game. Um, but this team has shown flashes. And I guess if you're looking for some sort of hope, that that's what it is as a Cardinals fan. As you see the flashes from this team, it's now just a matter of putting that together for an entire game. I think the offense was struggling um, for whatever reason. The end of that third quarter into the fourth quarter, and then you had your defense out there for a much longer time, not only dealing with a running back like Saquon Barkley, but a mobile quarterback like Daniel Jones. And I think stamina came into play, especially with some of those defensive line injuries that I was touching on when Carlos Watkins leads the game pretty early with a bicep injury. You know, that's the position group that this defense has really been relying on a rotation, and that was the plan, to rotate your five or six guys. And now that you've Carlos Watkins and L.J. Collier out with bicep injuries for the foreseeable future, that kind of changes things. You don't want your players having a higher snap count than what you would like. So I would assume there's going to be some adjustment period there, but you're right, Chrissy. For whatever reason, fourth quarter struggles have become a pattern these two weeks. Uh, I think it was a pretty big wake-up call, though, seeing that this team had a 20 nothing lead at the half and then watching that collapse of maybe a little bit of a confidence of, okay, we can do this, but we need to make sure that we're carrying this throughout the entire game. Danny, um, Michael Wilson is a gentleman that you folks drafted um, this past year, wide receiver number 14. He's a gentleman that in the draft I was very impressed with, with his route running ability, especially given how tall he is. How has he performed and what's the overall feeling of what he brings to the team and just how he's progressed as he gotten, he's gotten into the league? Yeah, Michael Wilson had a great training camp, great preseason, really um, fills the void in terms of that size that you lost from DeAndre Hopkins. And we've heard from 
teammates and coaches, not just the physical ability, but also the mental side of things and being able to pick up this team rather quickly. So I think that he has a unique skill set from the rest of the receivers in terms of, you know, you've got Ronda Moore to spot, you've got Holly Brown, they've got the speed cover, they can create that separation. Michael Wilson's going to give you that size for those contested balls. We just haven't seen enough of really a downfield presence. There wasn't one in week one given quarterback Josh Schaub's only had six practices with the team and you're going against arguably the strongest defensive line in Washington, so the game plan kind of changes in the, the scheme and the passes you're running. So we saw a little bit more of that presence in week two against the Giants, but that's something I, I'm keeping my eye on is you need to have more of that downfield presence. You have to get players like Michael Wilson involved because he really hasn't been quite yet. The main receiver has really been tied in Zach Hurd. So I'm looking to see more of that connection now that Josh Dobbs is entering the third week, first time in his career he's getting three straight starts. But that is a player in terms of Michael Wilson that I think if this team can really start to rely on him, I think that he can bring a lot to this offense. Danny, with Buda Baker now being on IR, obviously not being uh, an aspect in this game, who's a locker room guy, locker room leader that has potentially stepped up that you've seen uh, maybe this week during practice to maybe keep an eye on that might be considered an underdog in this matchup? You know, that's a good question. I mean, this team, I mean, we talked about earlier, versus the team put out their best player on offense and Kyler Murray and their best player on defense and Buda Baker. And Buda Baker... It's almost hard to describe because he brings what, what people see of how he brings what he brings on the field. It's also what he brings in that locker room. I mean, our defensive coordinator, Nick Wallace, was talking to me this week and said, you need all 11 guys to even try to emulate all of what Buda Baker brings to this team. So that is something that you're going to have to find someone. You're right. You're going to have to find someone to step up as a leader. I think if you're looking on defense, uh, when you're looking, there isn't a ton of veteran presence, but I do think in that DB's room, Jalen Thompson, who's normally with that duo of Buda Baker, is experienced, uh, also leads by example. And I think you're going to really have to continue to rely on David Collins, who's been here a few years now, first-round pick for the Cardinals, who's made the move full-time outside as an edge rusher and has really played well in that transition that we've seen for the first two games. And I think that's somebody that you're going to have to look on and, and rely on to step up in Buda Baker's absence. But there's there's a lot of adversity that this team, unfortunately, is already facing. But, you know, Cowboys as well now, unfortunately, in that boat to a certain degree. Hey, Danny, uh, you mentioned Josh Dobbs earlier, who's playing quarterback in place of Murray and making his third straight start. Uh, I don't know how many interactions that you've had with him because he's only been there a month, but I'd love to hear what he's <laughs> like as a person because there aren't too many aerospace engineers in the NFL, right, who play you know, who play I... quarterback. And But just he's a remarkable story, obviously a very bright young man and a, a great story, you know, a great spokesperson and, and – uh, um, really an inspiration for folks with alopecia. He's done a lot of community things uh, with that. And he can run now. When he ran over the DB, you know, on his uh, <laughs> on his long touchdown run, he's got some legs. It's not the skittery fast necessarily like Kyler Murray, but he's going to be a threat with his legs against this Cowboys defense, isn't he? You hit the nail on the head with all things about Josh Dobbs and the interactions I've had with him so far, Chris. He just a really nice guy, very, seems very, like, honest and open with the media um, and very smart. And that was the first adjective we heard for at least a week from any coach 
from teammate. We asked about Josh Dobbs after he was traded. There was intelligence. That was the first word. And Dobbs actually made a joke of, look, it's not rocket science, right? Quarterback is a very cerebral position, so he knows he could handle that. I think the situation that he found himself in, that he has handled himself really well in terms of quickly grasping the scheme, week one to week two was a huge jump in confidence, in his mobility and his quick releases. And you saw that throughout the entire offense. Josh Dobbs is actually a quarterback this staff, this front office was interested in earlier in the offseason, just a matter of his contract and things like that kind of held up getting him sooner than they did. Um, But I think that all things considered, he has fit in pretty well. And Dobbs does have some experience with some coaches on the staff, offensive coordinator Drew Petzing, well, our quarterback coach Israel Wolfworth, they all spent some time together in Cleveland. So Josh Dobbs has shown that he has the ability, the accuracy for some of those longer throws. We finally saw some chunk plays last week that we did not see week one in Washington. But that mobility is really what this coaching staff was looking for. That was part of the reason they uh, walked away from veteran Colt McCoy just because Josh Dobbs has that mobility. You're right, Casey, not to the Kyler Murray extent. But he is able to extend the plays, get out of the pocket. And we saw him use his legs. And also that he's not afraid to truck a defender getting into the end zone. And also on that two-point conversion. So because Dobbs has been here for such a short amount of time, it is realistic that he can make a big jump from one week to the next. So I am expecting to see some more growth from him now from week two to week three. Danny, there's been a lot of changes, as you've mentioned, as far as the tra- the training staff, the coaching staff, and um, obviously the head coach change and Gannon coming in there and, and everything. How do you think the team has responded to, you know, the coaching changes? And do you think that plays a role in just kind of how um, how things have kind of unfolded this first couple weeks, them trying to gel, them trying to get better communication? Like you, like you just talked about, you know, Dobbs is just coming in um, and this is his third full week. How do you think the team has responded to the changes that have been made in the offseason? I think that the team, excuse me, has been responding well. I mean, this is a team who knew in the offseason you were going to start the season without your franchise quarterback. You end up trading away one of your top receivers, or not trading away, but releasing one of your top receivers in DeAndre Hopkins. You trade away your former first-round pick in Isaiah Simmons. So there's been a lot of change, but it has seemed like the culture that this new coaching staff under Jonathan Gannon and this new front office under Monty Osborne, that the culture they're setting really has been panning out well for the team. We've seen that in the effort and the aggression that they've played with through two games. I actually asked Jonathan Gannon a question about the culture earlier this week uh, when he was talking to the media. Obviously, winning culture means winning games, right? And that's not the case when you're 0-2 like Arizona. But I asked him how much he has seen the culture work that they were putting in all offseason from getting here, how we've seen that through the team through these first two weeks. And Gannon told me that he has seen it and the work and not getting down on themselves and showing up Monday ready to learn and to get better. And that the culture they're trying to create is not necessarily results-driven, but more process-driven. And when you are process-driven, that's how you're going to get those results. Yeah, but but building a culture takes time. And there's been so much turnover with the roster. What, like 57% of the players and 53%, (laughs) something like that. And and you also, your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator, it's their first time to to call play. So, So my point is, and your quarterback's been in the building less than a month. So this is something that takes time. The question is, 
What about the Cardinals fan base? Are they showing some patience or is the are the daggers already out? No, I will say thankfully they are showing patience, um, which is good. And I think I think there's hope, right? Which is what if you're a Cardinals fan after having a rough year and a half, the way that two years ago the wheels fell off and last year, that's what you want. I think that all started when Monty Osseport brought in Jonathan Gannon and you saw the staff being put together when you saw the draft, what Monty Osseport was able to do, making trades to get more picks, planning ahead for the future, the picks he made and getting Paris Johnson Jr., an offensive lineman that you're planning on having here for a very long time, let's say very well, might I add, to his first two games. The decisions that have been made in terms of cap space, bringing in types of players that are the right fit on and off the field. I think that that is what the Cardinals fans are having hope about is you can see that things are moving in the right direction. And that goes back to the culture that even though this team is 0-2, I think it's safe to say that they have exceeded the expectations before the season started on what people were expecting from them. And that doesn't just come from the personnel and the skills that they have on the field, but that goes back to the effort and the type of play, you know, the passion that they are playing with. This team has had a very difficult time, though, winning at home at State Home Stadium. The only home win last season was Thursday night against the Saints. So fans are understandably desperate to get that home win, right? If you're going to the game, you want to be able to see your home team win in person. But I don't feel like there are daggers with this fan base right now. It feels like you can tell that this team is really working on correcting things and creating long-term success on the field and in the locker room. Well, Danny, I guess the final question is, what color is your family going to wear this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I think I know which part of my family. uh, All my family lives in Dallas, but I I know some of my family is going to be rocking Cardinals gear, like my my little two-year-old nephew who – when I was talking to him on the phone the other day, he had picture day this week at preschool and told me he was going to wear his Bergen jersey, which is his <laughs> Tyler Murray jersey. Uh, so I think that part of my family will be in cardinal gear. My dad, for sure, is going to be split. I, I know him well enough to know he's going to be wearing a Cowboys shirt and a Cardinals hat or maybe vice versa, but he will, he will definitely still be rocking some of that Cowboys blue uh, but still some of that Cardinals red, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be pretty split. I think most of my family at the end of the day, it's a win-win. If the Cowboys win, that's great. And if the Cardinals win, that's great because I'm happy. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Well, Danny, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on here. It's so great to hear from you again. And I'm sure everybody listening uh, misses hearing you on here as well. So we appreciate you keep absolutely killing it in Arizona. And we uh, are big Danny Sarek fans here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I appreciate y'all so much. Thanks for having me on. I'm going to tell you guys what I told them earlier on Mix Shots, which is with the exception of this week's game, I hope you guys have a great rest of your season. <laughs> and be- back at you. Back yeah, at you right back after at this you. weekend. You. See you on the field. See you on the field Sunday. All Can't right. wait, Christy. All right. Thanks so much, Danny. We're going to take our next break here on the podcast. When we come back, we're going to get a little bit more into matchups and what news we officially just got from the team stay tuned this is girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger that's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. 
Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Back to our final segment here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit more of this matchup and some news now, but explore uh, headwear built for greatness with the newest Dallas Cowboys New Era collection dedicated to the one and only Micah Parsons. Head to the nearest pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience, and grab your favorite style today. All right, well, the Dallas Cowboys making it official about Trayvon Diggs, saying that cornerback Trayvon Diggs suffered a left knee injury during today's practice. An MRI was performed that confirmed the torn ACL. Uh, A timetable for Diggs' return to play has not been established, but he is currently projected to miss the remainder of the current season. Officially official, everybody. Um, again, it's it's gutting. Um, Aisha found a tweet from Micah that he just tweeted out. If we want to talk about that, yeah, he uh, just tweeted out, "I am my brother's keeper." You know, I, you know, there's nothing more that needs to be said. And honestly, I feel like I, I number one, I believe him. Um, he said, "I am my brother's keeper. I got you seven. No more needs to be said." And one thing about Micah and also this defense is. Even though this is this is gut wrenching and it hurts, I feel like they have the guys to to you know to, to take the step up and to rally together. They have that that chemistry and that culture on that side of the ball to protect each other and to you know figure things out. So um, I believe Micah when he says I'm my brother's keeper. I believe that. And the thing about Trayvon is uh, he is a locker room leader. He's very quiet in how he does it, but he leads by example. And he talked about that earlier. Um, I believe right before the season had started, he he talked about leading by example, and he doesn't necessarily have to be the most vocal guy in the room to be a leader. And I think, you know, even though he's not the most vocal guy, and, you know, when he talks, he's very soft-spoken, and he's not, um, you know, going to be loud with, with what he's saying. His actions are very loud, and he's the kind of guy that's very intentional with his actions, very intentional with how he works, and he's very methodical in that way. And so... Yeah, a big blow as as far as uh, their the defense's brother, a teammate, somebody that they really um, look up to and look you know look to as as that leader. So um, yeah, wishing Trayvon all the best. We can't we can't say it enough here. We really uh, we hate to see any injury happen, but um, when it's somebody like Trayvon who is just oh man, absolutely projected to have such a good season, it it stings. And and so wishing him the best, but. Now we kind of have to look at how does this impact this weekend, Christy? We were just talking about that, going into a little bit more of those options, how it could impact the match the matchups. Uh, potentially, Josh Dobbs going a little bit more downfield uh, with his passes, trying to bully the the weaker side, if you will, the weaker man, uh, with whoever they decide to put out there. But 
Christy, what is the most viable option at this point when you uh, look at the Bland. depth chart? Yeah, take Deron Bland and move him from nickel to outside. He stepped in for Anthony Brown uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And, hey, Deron Bland helped save this backfield, the yeah. defensive oh, backfield, yeah. through the uh, last half of last season. Led the team in interceptions with five. Uh, already has a pick six this year. Um, the only thing is he, you know, has done his work in the nickel. And so, um, but like I said earlier, I think that there are enough versatile players. There are enough chess pieces that, uh, that Dan Quinn can, can move around that it's really going to be more matchup driven week to week, whether you're going with Mm. the big nickel and and things like that. But, um, yeah, the, the, it's just the, the thing is, it's the playmaking part of it, and we know that Deron Bland is one of those. But having Donovan Wilson come back this week, and I know it's a different position. He plays safety. But what has been the strength of the defense through the first two weeks of these this season is the same as it was last year. It's the ability to take the ball away and to get a good uh, pass rush. Mm-hmm. And so Donovan Wilson coming back is one of those catalytic players, one of the guys that, like Trayvon Diggs, makes plays on the ball and – and as the coaches always say, uh, you know, you look at the last few seasons, if there was a takeaway, Dono was usually involved. Yeah. So, um, again, the, there's never good timing for a serious injury like a torn ACL to one of your superstar players. But at least it's fortuitous that, that Wilson has been a full participant this week and looks to make a season debut on Sunday against yeah. Arizona. You make yeah. a very good point about the safety room and the safety room being strong kind of levels this out a little bit more, mm-hmm. in, in, in my opinion, just the way that they're able to be used, like you're talking about in the nickel, but also, too, just depending on what coverage is. And, and some of these these safeties are hybrids, and that's helpful, too. So I agree with you. I'm very curious to see how um, Dan Quinn goes forward and how he rolls these guys out there. But uh, when you talk about Donovan Wilson coming back, I think that's huge, too, for this next game when you talk about um, – Heard Mike McCarthy mention today, uh, rush lane discipline. Yes, especially with a guy like Josh Dobbs. You guys talked very heavily about um, you. You and Danny talked about his running ability, and um, so I was able to uh, catch up with Damone Clark about this earlier. I mean, earlier in the locker room, and he he just was explaining what rush lane discipline is because I wanted to know, and he he basically said that when when uh, a defense like the Cowboys can rush four, it's four on five. So the offense does have the advantage with the running back being able to, well, the running back, the quarterback being able to run the ball and escape if necessary. And he really spoke about how much they emphasized in this offseason because that's what gashed them a lot last year. Mm-hmm. Josh Dobbs got gashed yeah. them yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah, when he was, played for Tennessee. Yeah. He yes, got to when start he played in Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, when, uh, the rush lane discipline. And where that comes from is the A and B gap. So the defense defensive line the interior has to be disciplined and making sure that they do enough to clog up that area so that's not an option for him but in in comes Donovan Wilson and those mm-hmm. guys when you talk about him escaping possibly to the edges so you can have mm-hmm. the it's either a linebacker or however they decide to do it so um I just thought that was really 
important, especially moving forward with this team, because that was a kryptonite for this defense last year. We're mobile quarterbacks. And, yeah. and yeah. sorry, but yeah, so that was just something for the matchup that I thought was important is rush lane discipline. And Mike McCarthy yeah. mentioned and it. One something of the things wanted... with matchup, though, because Josh Dobbs spoke to the media in Arizona mm-hmm. today, and so he was asking that most of the questions were about him trucking, running over the uh, defender into the end zone on that, uh, I think it was a 27 yard touchdown run, but Josh pointed out that um, they were playing a lot of man last week. Yeah, that's and what that means is once, for from Dobbs' standpoint, once he broke through, once he came out of the pocket and started running upfield, yeah, the backs are turned because the, the defenders, they're following their man in coverage as opposed to a zone where your eyes are always on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not predicting that it's going to be all man this week or that it's going to be all zone, but that's one of the things where you, when you see a quarterback get a lot of yards downfield, it's often when there's a lack of the discipline, mm-hmm. as Aisha's talking about in terms of maintaining the gaps, mm-hmm. the discipline, but also um, it's often man defense with the, the defensive backs. Their backs are turned, and so by the time that they see that um, – you know, the guy's taken off, they're way downfield, or, you know, they're not reacting as quickly as if they were in a zone. Something I wanted to ask you guys, was Jordan Lewis only getting 10 snaps? It's not Mm -hmm. really a lot to base uh, how he looks so far, but from what you saw, what are some things you can gather from Jordan Lewis coming off of the Liz Frank injury that was horrific, but credit to him for coming back, rehabbing back. Some some things you saw that J. Lou looked like J. Lou once again, maybe. Yeah. Where the goal, uh, I was told before the game on the sideline that the goal was to get him 10 to 15 snaps. He got 10, but then keep in mind there were only, what, 43 or 47 offensive snaps right. uh, in the whole game just because they couldn't keep a drive going and the Cowboys uh, had the huge edge in time of possession so there weren't that many defensive plays but um you know to go from a 10 to 15 uh pitch count to 30 plus you know that's that's a quite a change so I'll be interested to see uh, how they try and manage his amount of snaps this weekend yeah yeah to answer your question um he came in and had a pass break up mm-hmm. i mean that's that's jordan lewis uh in college they called him velcro just because of how sticky he can be in coverage and one thing that i was looking for looking for from him and i will continue to look for from him but his uh the, the liz frank injury without christy i really did not understand the severity of this injury until you explained it to us and just kind of explained like how the recovery is and how it can kick guys out of like this game mm-hmm. it's something that if your recovery does not go well can stick with you for a long time so with it being a foot injury I've been really looking at how he plants like how comfortable is he is he confident in planting on that foot and seeing him break on that ball take off stride for stride let me know that his confidence is there again we've talked about it on this team plenty of times that the mental part of this is important and so um, that'll just be a continuous thing that I'm looking for from him is that because it might get sore it might you know that's that's something that might happen how does he continue to seem mentally uh, and confident with his ability because the natural ability is there with him it's yeah. just him being confident in what he's still able to do I also think too along with that confidence is you don't want him to lose it because Deron Bland is playing like Deron Bland too mm-hmm. so for him to take the step back and be like okay this is this is your pony and horse show and 
now I'm here and I'm still going to be me and I'm not going to let kind of what happened while I was gone dictate how I feel now because that's easy to do as a human especially on such a competitive environment with that it's easy to just be like ah well but the way Jordan Lewis is is he's kind of just he, he has a fire. When, when oh, I think of Jordan sure. Lewis, I think of fire. And uh, he has this fire to him that just never dimmed through any of the time that we saw him sitting out, whether it was in the locker room, just in passing. He has a fire that does not go out at any point. And I think it's so important to note that about J. Lou uh, today. But real quick, before we run out of time, ladies, who do you expect to have a very big game going into this matchup based on what you've seen from the Cardinals, what you've seen uh, from the Cowboys this week? Who has a big game for you uh, game prediction-wise? What are we predicting? I think as uh, Danny was talking about all of the problems along the Cardinals' defensive line with their injuries, um, that this, even though the Cowboys are dealing with some injuries along the offensive line, I think that the Cowboys – run the ball and keep running until Arizona stops them. And, and it may be another big uh, time of possession advantage this week and more plays because I, I say just big big game for uh, Tony Pollard. Yeah, she took mine. I was about to say anybody that is a running back. All right, take a new one. Oh, tater tots. Uh, That's cheating. You can't just take other people's. Okay. Take a new one. Okay, okay, okay. We're trying to end on a positive note. It's a little somber. Trying to end on, on a little bit of a positive note. I just wonder if we see... I mean, I don't know if they're going to just try to run the ball, but if they are... Well, they'll take their shots, too, yeah. you know? And what's the thing? Once they have to commit more people to stop the run, then you right over them in the passing game. game. Or go? play action them. Yeah. How about Deron Bland stepping up yep. and That's shining? That's fair. I do think the linebackers will have some opportunity, mm-hmm. maybe yep. a little bit more opportunity than they did even last week. Because if you look at their snap count, the true linebackers it, played limited snaps last yep. week just because of how things unfolded. So... I'm going to go with 3-3. Three, three. I'm going to okay. go with Damone Clark. Love See that. if he has a good day. Awesome. All right, cool. I'm going to go with Jake Ferguson. Um, and maybe it doesn't come up in the passing game, but I think this tight end room has a little bit of a, a fire under them right now because of just how things have played out these last couple of weeks. You start... You started to see the fire ignite last week. Mm-hmm. You're really going to see the best of Jake Ferguson, I think, uh, this game, whether it be blocking or being that yak monster that we know he can be. So I'm going Fergie, but... Ladies, that is all the time we have today here on the podcast. This is our Friday, as uh, you all know, so we won't be back here until Monday, 4 o'clock Central Time here on DallasCowboys.com. We're going to have plenty to talk about uh, post-Cowboys and Cardinals matchup. Christy, be safe on the road. Have uh, all of the best time getting us all of those little nuggets that you can bring back to us here on the podcast next week. And uh, You you want the cookies from the team playing. That's what you want. And snacks. Christy brings us cookies. (laughs) Yeah, they believe it or not, they literally have milk and cookies on the Cowboys team charter flights. There you go. And and we're trying to get some of those cookies. So, Christy, thank you so much. Uh, Aisha, thank you so much. We will be back here same time, same place next week, starting on Monday once again. So have a great rest of your day, everybody. Please take care of yourselves. Have a great weekend. And we will see you next week. This has been Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!